at Little Bird Marketing, we don't know all the answers, but we happen to know a lot of people who combined do. We've asked some big dogs, some tenacious thought leaders to share their real experiences, mindsets, and tips for managing through this difficulty. Welcome to the MR Leadership Series. You'll hear from market research thought leaders, and this week includes Mario Carrasco of Think Now, Ryan Berry of Zappi, Sandy Casey of Innovate MR, Ann Brown of Gazelle Global, and Meryl Dubrow from Mark Research. These shorter, punchy interviews are geared toward powerful and candid answers to truly relevant business challenges. If you enjoyed this episode, take to social media and thank a leader for volunteering their time in this way. Be sure to use the hashtag AlwaysBeHelping. Enjoy! Let me introduce Mario Carrasco. He is the co-founder of Think Now. They are a technology-driven cultural insights agency. They enable companies and government agencies to discover the cultural drivers that influence consumer decisions. They provide insight solutions that help organizations thrive in the changing demographic environment. Think Now also owns and operates one of the largest and most representative Hispanic online panels in the industry, Diga Igane, which is D-I-G-A-Y-G-A-N-E.com. And that is used to service their own research as well as provide sample to the leading market research companies in the world. So, Mario, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Priscilla, thanks for having me. Excited to be on this uh, special edition. Yeah, well, you and I have the, the privilege of getting to talk and check in with each other on a pretty regular basis. And so I really, when I thought of MR Leadership Week here on Ponderings from the Perch, I'm like, we need to hear from Mario because we all know that there are a lot of major things happening in this country that is changing consumer sentiment, but that is happening very differently across different cultures. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. I knew you would be able to shed some very interesting light. Uh, Before we, we talk specifically about, you know, the thought leadership you bring to the table, can you give us just a little bit of, of um, thought on Mario as an entrepreneur and a co-founder? What are you during, doing during this crisis? And do you have an anchor or a mantra or a mindset? Or what, what is it that you do to keep grounded right now? Because it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. And, you know, appreciate the conversations that, that you and I have. Like you mentioned, we touch base regularly, both marketing perspective and from entrepreneur perspective. So I appreciate that. Um, and I think that's the first point, right? As as entrepreneurs, it can be lonely sometimes, right? We talk to employees differently than we might talk to other business owners. And I think, of course, talking to your employees is, is important, checking in, seeing how they're doing, but um, also checking in with other business owners, I think, has helped keep me grounded. I'm lucky I have a business partner that, you know, prior to this, we saw each other on a daily basis. But, you know, it's important to keep in touch, keep in touch with business partners. If you're a solo entrepreneur, keeping in touch with other entrepreneurs, because we're all going through very, very similar things. Um, and just talking it out is super helpful. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, from a mantra perspective, um, my mantra has always been, just been showing up, right? No, we, we all have down days. Um, and they're probably more frequent now, but showing up and doing work because, well, one, it, it makes you feel better, right? It, you, you know, we're lucky that we have jobs that we can work from home, work remotely. 
But it also just gets your mind off of what's happening, right? Building a business is, you know, one of the most amazing things you can do. And and um, being able to pour your energy into something like that during this is really a blessing. Mm, I love that idea of showing up. And, and, and the reality is, is that a lot of work goes to the people who show up. hundred percent. hundred percent. And you know what? Also, be okay being okay with days that you don't show up, right? Don't be so hard on yourself during this mm. time. If showing up means, you know, clearing out half your email, responding to a couple emails, you did something. So, right. um, you know, be easy on yourself during this time as well. I think that's important. I love that idea. You know, we have a head, hand, heart that we do at our um, weekly meeting because we do longer meetings on a Monday than we do on um, throughout the rest of the week. But after someone shares something about where they are personally, they actually say, and with that, I'm in. <laughs> like everyone's while well, somebody will go and then someone will move to someone else and we're like wait 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 no you didn't say you were in you know <laughs> and it, it's just kind of that reminder of like engaging I, I love that I'm going to bring that phrase there to the next group that we have and that show up we're, we're showing up that's what we're doing yeah so tell us a little bit more specifically on your thought leadership how are the minority groups that you serve faring through this crisis we'd really love to hear about that you know just from a human perspective from a health perspective the ethnicity data was just released in terms of how COVID-19 is impacting different racial groups and unfortunately we see african-american and hispanics being hit extra hard from a health perspective. Um, and when, we, when, when I talk about that, I'm talking about mortality rates. And so really what this pandemic has done is brought to light some inequities that we've seen in the healthcare system prior, um, but really shedding light on a, on a national and global level how serious these inequities are. And when I mean serious, like life and death, right? I think it's important to you know understand that um, and hopefully this is a wake-up call uh, for this country in terms of creating some some equity from a from a healthcare perspective economically um, and that's of course tied to the economic impact as well right, right for sure. um, you know if, if, if you're being heavily impacted from a health perspective of course you're going to be heavily impacted from an economic perspective and we're seeing that um, and it, and it falls into two buckets from from an ethnicity perspective, you have businesses. As we know, Hispanics are, are starting businesses at twice the rate the national average. Um, so, so Latinos in this country are really a driving force from an economic perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and really represented um, through you know small and micro businesses. So I'm talking about businesses less than a million. Um, unfortunately, not too man- many Latino businesses scale to a million plus in revenue. However, that's okay. The smaller businesses that are under a million in revenue um, provide for a majority of jobs in this country. And a lot of the businesses that Latinos are starting, restaurant, hospitality, service industries, have been hit the hardest by this pandemic. Right. Um, from a business perspective, you know, Latino small businesses have been hit really hard um, here in Los Angeles. I mean, you know, like lots of restaurants, obviously, um, everything's closed. Um, we're seeing some really interesting things happening from an adaptation perspective, kind of micro grocers selling 
their to-go meals, um, things like that. Latino businesses are definitely hard, hit, hitting hard. Right. Um, and then from a from a consumer perspective, I hate to continue with the bad news, but <laughs> you know, Latino and African Americans are being impacted uh, more heavily. I mean, some positivity prior to this pandemic, African American and Latino household income was on the rise uh, from average, um, but it was still, you know, significantly less than the general population in the U.S. Um, so, given that, you know, you're having an outsized economic impact on households that already have a lower household income uh, on average. So you have on the health, you know, side of things, really, the African American community being hit the hardest and secondarily Latino. But then in terms of, you know, the entrepreneurship, you have the Latino, you know, um, uh, population being hit the hardest. But tell me a little bit about your thoughts on what happened very early on in the crisis with the Asian American population and how they took, you know, some of the brunt of just some of the cultural, you know, probably, I guess, the best word for it is xenophobia. Um, so, you know, you, I know you keep your finger on the pulse of what is happening on all three of those communities because you, you know, your sample is really heavily in Asian American, African American, and Latino. So, what were your thoughts about that as that hit through the Asian American population at the beginning? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because that's so important to talk about, right? While Asian Americans might not have necessarily been as hit as hard from a health or an economic impact, they were by far hit the hardest by the xenophobia um, surrounding the the virus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of misinformation, right? In mm-hmm. terms of where the virus originated from, um, you know, naming it the the Chinese virus, and and this is global. Mm-hmm. This is global. I mean, I, I've seen, um, you know, the impact from Australia to the U.S. Um, and so that's unfortunate. There has been a rise in hate crimes targeted towards Asian Americans um, here in the U.S. I mean, there has been a, a measurable spike. Um, so they've definitely hit the hardest from from a blame game perspective, unfortunately. And um, but on another note, I, I, there's some organizations within the research industry that um, I'd like to commend the um, Asian American. Um, Advertising Federation based out of here of Los Angeles have pivoted. They have a yearly conference to highlight Asian American market research, Asian American marketing, um, but they've pivoted to raise funds to fight the xenophobia, which is great. No, oh, that is not that. There's a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And I love what you pointed out at the beginning. These things were always here. It's that a crisis strips away some of the things that keep us from really seeing the truth. These things have just always been the truth. This is what the, these uh, people group have been dealing with uh, across the board. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And we're seeing, too, I mean, uh, you know, to your point, to bring some positive things, right? We're seeing that essential workers um, on the front lines and, you know, can't thank them enough, doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists. Um, But also we see essential workers that aren't talked about a lot brought to light, like our agricultural workers, Mm -hmm. right, which a large percentage are Latino, undocumented, but they're keeping the country fed, Mm -hmm. which I think um, they do not get the recognition they deserve. And I think... um, and I think that's such a huge. Um, I think that's a it's a positive. Now, you know, granted, it's it's really difficult work, and it's unfortunate they're working during this pandemic. But they're they're really keeping 
um, keeping our groceries stocked, which I think is, is, just a, is just an amazing thing to point out. Let's take a short break. Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. There was an amazing article in The Economist just last week on this, and I'll attach it in here. And also, Mario, if you can um, just get with me on a couple of great reports that you've had that people who are kind of new to this concept, you guys have really some great downloads um, about these issues and about what these different people groups are faced with and what they're what these consumers are looking at and how they're making decisions. So we'll definitely add that in the show notes as well. So let's end with this um, about hearing your insights as a leader um, in this industry, how do you think this crisis will affect our understanding on a whole about ethnicity or race as a component of the demographics that everybody uses for market research? I think the one thing that's unique about this crisis is that we're in is that we're all in it. I mean, literally the, the whole world. Um, but what is different, and we're seeing this happen across social media is how different each culture is responding to this, right? Um, and, and if you look at it at the global level, Italy, right? I mean, I'm sure if you've seen the videos of people singing on their rooftops, mm-hmm. dancing, playing Beautiful. music, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that just gives you an insight into how each culture responds to it so differently versus the U.S., right? We're, we're making memes. Um, <laughs> we're not, <laughs> but, I see in but, L.A. area they're flashing <laughs> lights at 7 o'clock. So. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, make, we're, we're, we're leading the way in TikTok, <laughs> TikTok videos. But, um, but you look at the U.S., it's, a, it's, it's, it's truly a multicultural country. And so on a global scale, how you're seeing every culture respond differently, that's happening within the US, right? You have, you know, 16% of the population's Latino. Um, you have almost 10% of the population African American. Um, each culture is responding to this pandemic differently. And I think this is this is showing brands, companies how you can't have one message for everyone. Mm. Uh, you know, during times of crisis, we we revert, right, to how we were brought up, to things that we learned in each of our cultures. And understanding that, um, that really brings it to light that you can't talk to everybody the same. You kind of have to understand where everybody's coming from, from a cultural perspective. So, um, you know, one thing that I hope comes out of this is understanding that, that um, while we're all experiencing the same from a health perspective, how we interpret how we react to it is very different. Yeah, and that cultural lens is so important. And I know from the marketing side, you know, we can't live without it because that's how people are making decisions. And in a time when consumer sentiment, oh my gosh, you know, pre-COVID, completely different than what consumers are going to do, you know, throughout it. And even, you know, hopefully we'll get post-COVID and we can use that word. I'd love that. Um, but yeah, the cultural significance of the messages that we use are, are super important. You know, 
You said to me years ago that if people aren't doing multicultural research, they're not doing research. <laughs> so um, I really do hope that this does bring some things to light to help people understand, are they sure they're actually really testing their messages or their devices or their, you know, their ads or whatever it is they're measuring and testing? Are they really testing it against a real representation of the current face of the, the American population? Well, that's true as a whole, looking at the population as, as a whole. But as you start to get into the millennial generation, if you start to get into Gen Z, which Gen Z is going to be the first minority majority generation, right? Meaning that Hispanic, African-American, Asian, and mixed race, something we don't talk about very much, but um, are, are going to be are, are outnumber non-Hispanic whites. Um, and so... As you get down to the younger generation, that's even more important, right? If you're not doing multicultural research, if you're not doing multicultural marketing, you're really not speaking to the to to millennials or Gen Z because they're majority minority. Mm, gosh, that's so deep. We could do a whole show just on that. Just as a thank you, you know, Mario, for coming on here and sharing your expertise, I do want to give you a tee up. You and I have talked a lot about your uh, Martech, which is Connect. And I know that it's something that you um, at Think Now truly believe in. I know a lot of people are trying to get to your very, very well curated um, <laughs> panel of, of uh, minority, um, you know, uh, sample for the U.S. So tell us a little bit about Think Now Connect, how it works, and how people can access this if they really do understand now that they really need to be doing research in a multicultural way. As I'm sure all your listeners know that, you know, in marketing, MarTech has been blowing up um, and, and you know, we felt like we needed to play in that space, but we didn't want to um, just put out another MarTech tool because there's so, so many. Um, but after doing our research, looking at the competitors, we were surprised there was absolutely no MarTech out there that focused on multicultural consumers, right? And 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 to my back to my point again, again, if you want to reach Gen Z, if you want to reach millennials, you have to understand multicultural consumers. And so we wanted to develop a MarTech tool that really put multicultural consumers front and center. And so what Think Now Connect enables marketers, strategists, insight professionals to do is to log in, define who their consumer or target consumer is, let's say uh, Hispanic millennials in Los Angeles. You input that, click search, and based on that criteria, it analyzes all the studies that we've done for the past seven years. So we have longitudinal data um, across all the major ethnic cohorts, Hispanic, African-American, Asian, and it allows you to see what websites they visit, um, what's their social media preference? Are they in the market to purchase a new car? So it really enables you to target these consumers using data on demand. Mm. Um, so that that's one thing that we felt like was missing from our company. We were, you know, custom research takes time, even programming something, sending a survey to our panel takes time. But Connect really fills that on demand space, giving you insights, but not forgetting about 
those robust multicultural data consumers. Mm, I love that. And I, I do love also how, well, you've made it super accessible, but it really still allows people to get a really deep understanding of things that are similar with different groups and what are the key differences. And I love that idea of being able to compare and contrast. I think that's really dynamic. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what the tool allows you to do, actually. When you click search, you not only see what that consumer's affinities are, but um, you see a, a Z-score, how they compare against the general population to see what are the similarities and what are the differences. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, Mario, again, I can't, you know, I can't be grateful enough for you to come on and share your insights here. Please, if you're in the market for a multicultural consumer um, opinion, make sure that you reach out to thinknow.com. They provide that technology-driven market research that really, um, really brings that multicultural consumer voice to the table. So Mario, thank you for all that you do in this industry and the way that you've been helping others. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on Priscilla and stay safe. Awesome. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.